0: G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Hope Ball. Today we are talking uh, injured players, unvaccinated players, all the landmines you've got to dodge in your fantasy drafts coming up. Let's go. Six, Jordan, open. Chicago with the lead.
1: Bryant, to shot. Not a game, not a game. game. We're talking
0: about practice.
1: LeBron James with no record.
0: Impossible. Back out to Allen. His free throw. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Hoopball. My name is Mitch Casey and you can find me on Twitter at BallBoysNBA and on Instagram at BallBoysFantasyBasketball. I am joined as always as with the fantasy guru, Callum Mack. How you doing, man?
1: I'm doing pretty well, Mitchie. And um, look, I loved your intro. I think you're right. These are landmines. We yes. should call them the landmine uh, podcast.
0: Yeah, the landmines, all the things you, gotta be, yeah, you you got to be aware of. Make sure you're all across this sort of stuff Um, because if you're not all across it and you take someone too early, you're not knowing something, then yeah, it can hurt. It can, it can blow up in your face as, as a landmine would.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm looking from last year. You got Kevin Durant, 35 games. That obviously would have hurt you. Anthony Davis, 36 games. Um, everyone out empty Anthony Davis is probably gone. I think the best suspect is Jaron Jackson Jr., who yep. was on your team last, last year.
0: <laughs> My guy, yeah. So, obviously the reporting uh, back when we were drafting, it was out of minutes. Obviously, uh, that ended up being the entire season, nearly. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I'm going into these seasons uh, with a little bit of extra caution with these players that we know have an injury. We're going to be highlighting all the relevant ones on today's podcast. Um, going into training camp, we are recording this on the 29th of September, Australian time. So if something changes, this podcast will be out tomorrow or, or maybe the day after, depending how long uh, it takes me to edit this thing. So if there's anything that comes up, we might be doing another one of these podcasts in the future. But also follow us on Twitter. We are tweeting out all the sort of the injuries and what we think they mean from a fantasy point of view and how they impact a player's value. The first thing we're going to get into today, it's, it's been the hot topic of the last uh, several days since the media day started, the training camps have kicked off, unvaccinated players. Now, we're not going to get into any uh, political debates or anything like that. This is just, we're, we're talking about the impact that this is going to have on fantasy basketball and what your actions need to be based on the news of these certain players. Um, firstly, let's, let's get into the big one. We'll, we'll, we'll tackle the big guy right off the bat, Kyrie Irving, um, by all reports, I haven't actually heard him specifically say he's not vaccinated, but from all reports that I can, I can sort of dig up, he isn't vaccinated. The biggest issue with this um, player here is that he plays for the, the Brooklyn Nets. Now, in New York and I think in San Francisco, I'm not sure about LA yet, but in New York and San Francisco, players and fans have to be vaccinated to attend um, a high uh, crowd indoor uh, events. So if Kari Irving is not vaccinated he essentially is wiped out from playing all of their home games all the games against the Knicks and all the games against the Warriors uh, as well. So,
1: And then more teams too, like maybe the Lakers if anyone else enforces it, yeah. then he will also be down. I've seen articles it's like Curry's only going to play 41 games at this point that's the best case scenario best right? case. if he doesn't get vaccinated.
0: Yeah, best Best case scenario. So I guess my question to you, Callum, if someone's got their draft coming up, say this weekend, what the hell do we do with Kariomi? Where are we drafting this man? Like, what, 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 are, what's your thoughts? Because obviously, the, I don't know if there's a right answer here, but what, what's your thoughts with this sort of situation?
1: I'm scared. I, I think this is affects his value potentially. Even like one round, he could he could push back. I feel like he was up in the um, the mid-teens in terms of where he was getting drafted around the 15 range. He was incredible last season. Field goal through the roof. So efficient. Um, I I would be pretty hesitant because if he misses, even if it's a quarter of the the season, that that definitely does hurt you, um, and probably pushes you back to the late second round, maybe third round.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'm going further back than that. Um, I, I don't I don't know if I can take Kyrie Irving if, if if this is the news that we have, and if we and we kind of have to assume this, then that's the hard thing because it can change at any moment. It's a huge risk. I don't want to draft a player like this that might miss half the NBA season. Inside the top four rounds. Um, I, I want to have four players that I can rely on first before I draft someone like a Kyrie Irving. And at that yeah, point... I mean, then the, the first picks are well.
1: value picks. Yeah. So yeah, I understand yeah. what you mean.
0: Because that, that sets up the foundation of your, your team and you can go in your punts and things like that after that. But yeah, to take Kyrie... Because like, per minute, per game, he's a first round guy. Like He's the back end of the, the first round... Clearly a second round guy, uh, and this is not even taken into account if he gets injured. Like this is just if he's healthy, he still can't play half the season at this stage. So, yeah, really, really tough situation. Do you do you foresee any way that this gets overridden, or or there's, he I don't know becomes vaccinated, or what's what's your thoughts here? Like, is it? Are you just are you, in your mind? Are you just assuming he's out for half the season? Um,
1: I I think it's a bit of a flip of the coin. So it's a bit of a gamble. Um, If you look at the media, they're saying he's fully expected to join the team for training camp in San Diego. I guess the regulations are a bit different there, but his status for home games, as far as up in the air, that's all anyone knows it's up in the air. No one knows what's happening. So look, he could be fine and he could end up being a steal in the draft. If he does slides to say uh, the fourth round or so, but otherwise he, you, if you're drafting him, you have to realize the risk that you're taking. And this man currently could lose you, um, could lose the, the fantasy season for you.
0: Yeah, and 100%. And especially, I think, I think it's more impactful for head to head leagues as well. Because if you are, because it's not going to be like he's going to miss every second game or he's going to miss the first half and he's going to be there for the second half. He's going to be in and out of lineups. He's not going to be able to be stored on an IR position. That's not going to be eligible. He might say, for example, I haven't looked at the fantasy uh, playoff schedule, but let's say he's got a three-game home stretch in your fantasy playoffs and he just misses that entire week. You're not going to have Kyrie Irving. You're going to be down a player in your fantasy playoffs. So it's it's very different to, say, someone like uh, Clay Thompson or in the previous years, if you've had an injured player to start the season, that you could just stash them on IR, grab someone off the wire. You won't be able to do that with Kyrie Irving if this is... The case, he's just going to be in and out of lineups. He's going to have that dreaded O tag next to him, saying outs for half the season, and it's just (laughs) it's going to be a nightmare to to uh, deal with. So for me, my rule is four rounds. Then I start to consider it if it suits me and if if I've got a a team that I'm comfortable with. And even then, I don't know. I'd I'd have to be it. It had to be worth the risk, and I'm not sure. I'm really nervous about it.
1: Look, I'll go one less. I'll say three rounds, and okay. I think I'd have to snatch him up, even okay. even in the late third. I'd, I'd be tempted. I still would be tempted. He's a permanent king. Yep. Uh, that book in that team is pretty crazy. I feel like something will happen where he can play. Um, okay. that, that in terms of, I know there's one thing that's gone out there that um, he has to provide proof for at least one dose vaccination unless an approved medical or religious exemption. Maybe he goes to the medical side. I don't know. He's a He's a weird guy.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. well, one of these other players we talked about uh, failed to get the religious exemption, so it will be interesting. It, I feel like there's a lot more to play out here, so it's hard for us to pass judgment. So, if you, But if you're drafting this weekend, you have to go off this information. Um, I would recommend trying to wait now that all this news is starting to come up. Wait as long as you can before you do your fantasy drafts because I feel like there's going to be more of this information to come in the in the next few weeks. But at this stage, for me... First four rounds, I'm not touching him. You're probably not touching him the first three rounds. Then it's up to your risk sort of uh, appetite there. Let's talk about the next uh, notable player who is not going to be vaccinated uh, going into the season or, or is saying at this stage, and that's Bradley Beal. He's a first-round player on a per-game basis. We both think that he's a clear first-round player. Now, different to Kari Irving, his state that he plays in doesn't have these regulations. However, he won't be able to play in New York he won't be able to play in Brooklyn and he won't be able to play in, in Golden State for away games. So there's already sort of five or six games that he's knocked off the calendar. And if he maybe comes in close contact with someone or contracts COVID, he has to undergo stricter protocols. So he's got uh, a more increased chance of missing games than other players who are vaccinated. So my question to you here, Callum, is, is Bradley Beal still a first rounder with this news?
1: Um, I, he could push the second round now because he was just on the outside looking in. Um, we have him around the 12 range, I think is where we have them. So, I um, look, in a 14 um, kind of team league, yeah, sure, he's a first-rounder probably still. He probably just sneaks in. But otherwise, he probably drops down a couple pegs in the mid-teens. Yep.
0: So. Okay. I, I kind of feel the same. I, I still – our next podcast, we're going to go through pairings of first and second round. Because he's such a good pairing with some of those first-round guys, I could – I could see him still going maybe like a pick 13. Maybe not the first round, maybe not top 12. I would probably say he's like 13, 14, 15 kind of range. So about probably similar to what you said. Um, it doesn't take quite a hit like Kyrie Irving does, uh, but there is an increase in risk there. It's not ideal. Um, but who knows? Some of these things are always evolving, but obviously with Kyrie Irving, you had that hard. He's going to miss half the season, basically. So Bradley is not as... Not as concerning, and he is a fairly durable player as it is anyway compared to Kyrie Irving, who misses games all the time. Anyway, let's talk about the next guy who is set to potentially miss half the season, and that is Andrew Wiggins for the Golden State Warriors. Same rule applies at um, San Francisco, as does the New York teams. If he doesn't get vaccinated, he's missing half the season. Now, Andrew Wiggins is nowhere near the, <laughs> the fantasy player that uh, Kyrie Irving is. Um, are you drafting Andrew Wiggins in fantasy drafts this year, Cal?
1: Um, I probably still would, but um, he's definitely more of the flyer territory now, outside of the 100. Uh, this guy kind of brought value for you in the blocks spectrum because he was putting up about 18 points. One block a game for a small forward is handy. Um, I feel like that's why you probably were getting him. I can see him maintaining that in Steve Steve's system. Like he's kind of switched that defensive mind state. You know, One steal, one block is pretty huge. Um, still valuable, but I think he's definitely outside the 100 um, with this news.
0: Uh, Yeah, personally, I think he is someone who I wouldn't take until my last pick. Uh, I don't think, like I said before with Kyrie Irving, the headache of not being able to store him in IR, um, the headache of him missing maybe a week at a time, um, a game at a time, here and there, might not be available for your playoffs. He's someone that I wouldn't take until the last pick and then just hope that the news changes uh, later on. To me, he's just not good enough. There's not enough... Like good stuff that he brings to the table. Yeah, he gets the blocker game. He gets a good points, but there still isn't a whole lot else out there. He, he still lacks in the the percentages and the the steals aren't really there. The threes aren't really there in high volume. The assists, rebounds are, are fairly um, not not the best. So for me, it, he's someone that I probably again probably a little bit later on. You, I'm taking that concern. Maybe I'm scarred from Jaron Jackson Jr. and I'm just I don't want to <laughs> mess with these players where there's so much unknownness. Um, so for me, I'm letting someone else take Aaron. Uh, sorry, Andrew Wiggins, uh, unless it's like my last pick, and I can just see what happens from there. Um, the last player who is a known unvaccinated player is Jonathan Isaac, who we'll also touch on a little bit later in the podcast. Again, like Bradley Beal, the state doesn't have any regulations with this sort of thing. However, he's already got a bit of an injury tag. He's got a, a sort of he's coming off a major injury, the ACL. Um, He's whacking on to that, the risk of um, COVID protocols and things like that, that are stricter for unvaccinated players. We had him as a sleeper in our sleeper draft before this news. I think his ranking starts to make a little bit more sense here. I'm still taking him ahead of Andrew Wiggins, pretty clearly. But he is someone that has a lot of red flags next next to his name at the moment now.
1: Yeah, I weirdly um I wasn't super phased by it. I'm not too sure what Orlando's protocol is like. Is he gonna play home games? Do you know?
0: Yeah, so he's gonna play home games. It'll be the same as Bradley Beal. He won't be able to play okay. in New York. He won't be able to play in San Francisco. So again, it's yeah. probably like you're whacking off six or seven games just from the get go. Um but you know, maybe he might have rested those games anyway. So because of him it's not as big of a hit because he's got those yeah. he's got that back to back sort of thing anyway.
1: That's exactly where I was going. I, like I already knew drafting him, you have that bit of concern. He will yeah. rest games. I, yeah. I guarantee it. He's going to have some off nights where they're just like, hey, we'll t- we'll play it safe. He's not even ready to go for the season opener at this time. But there's been mixed reports if he is ready or if he's not ready. Yeah. Um, I don't. I'm not too sure if he will be. Uh, and I do expect him to rest. So they could even this tune in this rests with uh, the games he can't play technically because the whole COVID protocol. So this this one doesn't affect my rank um, very much.
0: Yeah, look, uh, hearing you say that, that you've you've probably talked me around into it. It probably is probably the least impactful of the four just because, like you said, there was already that inbuilt risk in his value and where he was getting drafted anyway. So I think it doesn't hurt me too much in terms of where I'd be comfortable drafting him. He's probably still close to that 100 mark um, and it's fine to take that risk there because his upside is still really, really high um, as a, as a uh, bright future young player. Let's talk about... Actual injuries now. We'll move away from the vaccinations. Let us know um, what your questions are with any of those unvaccinated players. It's, it's, a, it's a tough topic. It's a lot of unknown. We'll, we'll do our best to communicate all the things that come across, but make sure you're following us on Twitter. Make sure you're following us on uh, Instagram as well, where we'll be updating you guys with those sort of things. But let's move on to... We're going to call these players uh, the injured players that I'm, I'm still happy to draft at this stage, unless we get some further information coming across. So... We're going to start out right at the top. Maybe not the first player drafted in this list, but Clay Thompson. Obviously, we all knew Clay Thompson. He's coming off the Achilles, and he's also coming off the ACL prior to that. It looks like he's going to be out until Christmas, uh, seems to be the date. Um, I've sort of said that I, I'm not a huge fan of Clay Thompson's game, personally. I know he gives you lots of threes, solid percentages, solid points, but outside of that, it's nothing special. So for me, he's well outside the top one hundred. He's probably outside the top hundred and thirty for me as well. The last one or two rounds I'm happy to take Clay Thompson. But what what are your thoughts on Clay? I think you're a little bit higher from memory.
1: No, I, I think I think you are right. I um I think he will be rested a bit. He he's probably not scheduled back till Christmas is what everyone's saying. Yeah. So he's gonna miss a bit of a chunk there, and then I would expect him to be rested a fair bit. Um he never really got the stealing, I like the defensive stats, even though he, he's a great defender, but he doesn't get that fantasy. He's, he's more this points and threes is really all he, he can give you. And for someone that's kind of in and out of the lineup, um, you could go with a, a more consistent option um, that you know plays every night. That's probably going to give you the, the same value that you can get in that territory anyway. So I, I kind of add a little bit more off clay now.
0: Yeah, no, I, I I agree with that one there, because like I said, and I said this before, threes are the easiest thing to get off the waiver wire as well, and I know Clay will give you maybe three or four threes a game, which is probably more than you'll be able to find, although, you know, Duncan Robinson, you, you get players like that who just ch- chuck up threes, they won't give you as many points, they won't give you on as good of percentages, but it is something that I'm just willing to sort of let someone else deal with. Um, It's funny
1: you compare those guys. Um, Clay Thompson on Yahoo is 115, and Duncan Robinson is 116. Oh, so it's it's, they're right neck and neck with each other. I probably, I I think think in the scheme of things, you just go Duncan Robinson because he can have the spurs of games where he has eight threes, um, which is what you want, and pretty much doing what Clay is, but Clay's in and out of the lineup.
0: Yeah, personally, I think they're both too high, but uh, but yeah, I I, I do agree. (laughs) I probably might lean Duncan Robinson, uh, depending on my team at that point. Uh, All right, let's talk about the next guy, Pascal Siakam. He's an interesting one. Um, Not exactly sure how long he's going to be out. He's coming off a labrum tear and a shoulder surgery in the offseason. He's missing anywhere between two to six weeks, maybe a month. It's a bit unclear. It's an upper body injury, which gives me a little bit of optimism. However, um, you know... A little sneak behind the curtains here. I'm an exercise physiologist in my daytime job and um, deal with a lot of injuries as well. Labrum tears are no joke. They're they're something that can be fairly chronic. Um, We've seen players like uh, Kobe Bryant deal with and suffer with injuries like this. It can severely affect um, your play, even when you do return. Where are you comfortable drafting Pascal Siakam this year?
1: I mean, that's a good question. Like, where's he ranked?
0: Uh, let me pull that up right now. I don't remember off the top of my head, but I think it was something like So I got like 75. Yeah. I think
1: that's uh, – uh, it's probably okay. I probably got a little bit outside. In my, like, initially, I was thinking 80-ish. Yep. Um, and the thing is, like, that lineup as well, I don't, I don't know. In, in the absence, maybe um, look, they could go a bit of a tank as well. Maybe they's, mm. they're going to be resting him a fair bit. That That could be on the cards. Is it's traded? a new lineup there. They have a lot of bigs. They have a lot of big guys. They've got Scotty Barnes they want to get minutes to as well. Mm. I don't know. I don't know how this is going to play out. I'm, I'm a bit hesitant personally um, just because his game has dropped off a fair bit. If you look at the last half of last season, um, it, there was quite a decline. So,
0: Yeah, he, he is someone that I, I am a little bit wary of. Look, he's an excellent player. The one thing that I do like about him this year, he's got center eligibility. Which is massive for those teams who are potentially punting blocks, punting uh, rebounds, or punting uh, field goal percentage. You can get a player that's going to give you, you know, four or five assists, uh, a couple of threes per game, good solid points uh, in your center position. So that is it is valuable um, and a valuable change from last year. Like I, I am a bit concerned though. So I, I think I think I'm with you there. 80 to 90, I think, is the spot that I want to get. If he falls to 100, I'm snapping him up. Um, I would probably rather him than uh, Jonathan Isaac. Um, So I would take him over over him as another injured player to compare him to. Um, But there is a a little bit of a risk. And I think last year, I think I drafted Jaron Jackson Jr. in the 70s. So, um, yeah, I think a little bit later than that and I'd I'd be happy. I'm I'm more confident with his injury and he'll be back sooner than, than Triple J was, obviously. All right, let's uh let's move on. So we've already touched on him so we'll, we'll do this one quick. Jonathan Isaac, obviously he's coming off the ACL um from the bubble the end of a couple of seasons ago. Um but again, probably just over a calendar year later. Mixed reports about whether he's going to be ready for the season. I personally don't think he'll be ready for the season. I think they're going to be extra cautious. They've got no reason to win games. Um so they're going to be resting him back-to-backs all year long in my opinion. I think that they're going to be extra cautious. He's, if he's ever sore, he's coming out of the game. He's a he's a great player. Steals blocks are huge. He's going to get you the three. His scoring is going to be okay. Rebounds are going to be okay. Percentages all right as well. So he's a he's a good per minute guy when he gets the minutes. But there is a lot of concern. We highlighted him on the uh, sleeper show because he is ranked at 125, which I think is too low. I'd be very happy to take a swing on him around 100. Um, just because of that upside there, because he is a, he is a brilliant player. Would you agree with that? That range. Yeah, there, I agree.
1: I definitely go, especially in a punt points build. I think that's where he's built. He could also do a punt assist build um, because he can be so elite in steals and blocks. I mean, the man put up one point six steals per game and two point three blocks per game in the nineteen twenty season. So do you, really, do you really respectable the, numbers.
0: Do you have the minutes there as well for that for that year?
1: Um, not on me. No, unfortunately, I was not that prepared. Oh, okay, Chief, so. sorry,
0: you're. Right. I'll put you on the spot there. I, I'm from memory. I'm pretty sure it wasn't in like an insane amount of minutes as well. I think that might have been like 28 or 29 minutes per game. So I don't think he needs like huge amount of minutes to get good solid stats because, like I said, those defensive numbers can come pretty quickly. Uh, and he's just a super unique kind of player. So, um, yeah, you take a gamble. I think around pick 100 there. Assuming like I wouldn't take Pascal Siakam. And then Jonathan Isaac in back-to-back rounds. I I wouldn't do that just because that's too much risk, too much injury to handle um, to start your season. But if you've got a healthy team up until that point, I've got no issues taking Jonathan Isaac around 90 to 100 there. All right, let's talk about one that's not necessarily, uh, hasn't been confirmed that he'll miss any time. But there was a report, uh, I think it was either today or yesterday, Zion Williamson has had foot surgery this offseason. And the quote, and um, um, this is a direct quote here, he should be back for the start of the season. Now, with a player like Zion, that terrifies me. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, what are your thoughts about this quote here about Zion Williamson, Cal? I
1: think I think we're okay. I think we're getting a little, little bit blown out. It, apparently, it was in the fifth metatarsal, which is... um, That's just a little bone in your toe, isn't it? I, yeah, I'm it's, like, I'm the, like... it's also
0: known as the Jones fracture. And I don't know if you remember, uh, Kevin Durant had the same injury a, a number of years ago. Um, I think this was an injury that Brooke Lopez had, and I think Greg Oden might have had this one as well from memory. So it is, a, it, look, it's a little bone in your foot, but it's a tricky one. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, look, I'm reading an article now that says um, the specific injury tends to have a lengthy recovery process, mm. and there's a high chance of re-injury. Yeah. So does that make you nervous?
0: Very. It makes me very, very nervous considering the type of player that Zion Williamson is. Um, considering the history of this injury in other players, especially other big men, um, there's a lot of weight obviously going through your foot, the foot, and it's it, it's it's a low blood supply area. So there's 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 not much muscle obviously in the foot, and muscle gets a lot more blood supply. It's ligaments, it's bones, so it's it's lower blood supply, and that's why these injuries tend to linger around for a lot longer because the body just naturally heals slower with this type of injury. And obviously it's a weight bearing joint as well. So obviously you're getting a lot of weight there when you're walking, running, jumping. Uh, and when you weigh 290 pounds, like you are and like Zion and you can jump like Zion does, that's a lot of force going through there. So um, to me, this almost knocks Zion back about around.
1: Uh, look, he's still going to get taken. That's the thing. Yeah. He's, he'll still be a second round. I guarantee it. There's so much heart, but like, I understand what you mean. Uh, we, we should say to um, be a bit cautious around him. Keep it in mind, if you still want to take the risk, go for it. Yeah. Um, but he look, they could play it safe at New Orleans if they have a bad start. He, he could be a, a shutdown uh, kind of guy anyway um, if, if the start of the season doesn't go as planned.
0: Yeah, look, it's, it's early and it's, it's only been something that's been flagged. I would I would keep an eye on it. If you're drafting this weekend, know that there's a bit of risk. But if you're able to maybe see some preseason game, if he plays in the preseason, then I'm, I'm, my cautiousness is going to be backed off a little bit. I'll probably be a bit more comfortable, a bit more confident. But until I see him out there playing in a preseason game, I'm nervous until that time. So this this stuff can all change on a day-to-day basis depending on the news that we're coming through. So we're just going off the most recent news that we have um, uh, let's keep the uh, the foot surgeries coming along. Uh, Mitchell Robinson has been uh, had a foot surgery this season, and he's going to be eased back uh, during training camp, and it might potentially leak into the season. Um, another red flag for me: foot surgery, seven footer, someone who I wasn't confident in getting minutes anyway. Worried about Nerlens Noel. I'm even more worried about Mitchell Robinson now. Never someone I really liked. Where, where do you want to draft Mitchell Robinson in drafts at the moment, Cal?
1: I'm I'm pretty off him. I don't really want him. He is always injured. This man is always injured. I hate it. I've had him before. Um, Last season, he played about 30-odd games from injury. He wasn't in the playoffs, and now apparently he's still injured. So I don't really know. That doesn't give give me any confidence at all. Yeah, look, he can give you blocks, but even then, his blocks have gone down. Uh, People overrate him now in blocks. He, He doesn't go chasing them like he used to. That's why he got a lot of foul trouble. He's, I guess, gotten a bit smarter, but... The, until the man can stay healthy, that's the only time I'll actually have some confidence in him.
0: Yeah, and and it's a stress fracture in his foot. And if you've got someone like Tom Thibodeau, it, like coaching you, like stress fractures and tibs don't work very well together. Um, so, and I'm also I think I think Nels Noel is a real threat to his minutes, even if he was healthy. I was sort of close to the, have, them having pretty similar, bit of a split anyway. So I'm not drafting Mitchell Robinson inside the top 100 um maybe he might even fall a bit further back and again he's only someone that fits a certain type of build he gives you very specific stats field goal percentage and blocks those two things in massive amounts but you know that's all he does like so if you don't need those categories then he's completely useless to you so you don't draft him at all
1: yeah um, my advice is draft Nelan Noel
0: yeah i i would be taking a flyer on Noel as well i think he's definitely boosts his value um uh, yes considerably Um, I think he's someone who definitely does deserve to be drafted. And the last one that we're going to touch on today, which is hot off the press today, um, Karis Levert has come out and and he's got a stress fracture in his back. The quote that um, has come out of the um, Indiana Pacers is that there is optimism that it could be a minor setback and he could return sometime around the start of the season. Okay, So immediately I start to see red flags, um, the words could return sometime around the start of the season, so he probably won't be ready for opening night. Uh, is my read on that? Do you do you take something differently there, Cal?
1: Yeah, that's definitely my interpretation.
0: Yeah. So, um, where are you going to be drafting Karis LeVert then?
1: Um, he's still. I still think he's probably over drafted anyway. It's at seventy one. Yeah. I'm um, this, this Indiana team. I'm s- s- not like super sold of um, what's happening. This in terms of new coach, um, they had a lot of injuries last season as well. They, they drafted the rookie who I think will have to, you we'll have to give him some minutes. Um, yep. Who could be worth drafting? Now yeah, it, is, like, it is a there. bit
0: of a boost to his value. Um,
1: um, but yeah, look, I think this is a bit too much for me. I, I honestly, he's, he's ranked at 71. Um, I'd be pushing that out. Maybe even like I, I Maybe even like 90. I'm, I don't really like him that much. I think yeah. I'm a bit off Karis. I,
0: I think um, yeah, I'm, yeah, 90, 100 even. Um, like, would you rather Karis LeVert or Jonathan Isaac? Uh, it's pretty close. I don't know. They're, they're neck and neck for me. I'd rather Pascal Siakam than Karis LeVert, very very clearly to me. Um, yeah, stress fracture, not good. Uh, obviously, when you're coming back from an injury like that, you need load management, it's not something that you come back and start, bang, you're doing your, your full allotment of minutes, it's a ramp-up period, so even when he is back, he's going to be slow to get back in there. He's had, obviously, some you know, shocking luck with the, the the cancer that they found, and, you know, my my heart goes out to Karis LeVert, it sucks for him, but uh, for us drafting in fantasy, it's, it's not a situation that I particularly am too enthused to be involved in. Um, I think this gives a boost to um, Chris Duarte, Whether or not... Do you think he's he's draftable now? Um, But with
1: this news, I think he's um, worth the last um, pick in your draft, for sure. Yeah,
0: okay. I I can see that. I like Duarte. The man can get steals, he'll get threes. Uh, Obviously, you've got TJ Warren out as well. You've got um, now Karis LeVert. So, there's a few injuries piling up in in Indiana. I also, for deeper leagues, probably more so, maybe not 12-team leagues just yet, um, keep an eye on O'Shea Brissett. He went crazy last year when he was playing a bit of small ball center. Obviously, if this is the case, he won't be doing that, play more of a small forward power forward role. Um, But I think he's got good per minute upside. Uh, But then there's just a few other guys. um, Holiday, who's there, but he's not very exciting. Um, A couple other guys who are just a bunch of boring fantasy players. So those would be the two I think that get the biggest boost in value. All right, let's move on to the last uh, little list here now. These ones are ones that personally I'm not too psyched about drafting unless it's the last pick in your draft. Last pick in your draft, you've got no issues. You just store them in IR that you don't miss out on anything else. So I'm fine with the last pick, but probably wouldn't go any earlier than this. A um, couple of obvious ones we'll just touch on just so we are uh, comprehensive. Kawhi Leonard, Jamal Murray. I'm expecting them to miss basically the entire season, if not most, 90% of the season. If they do come back... Fantasy playoffs might already be finished. Um, we They might be coming back in load management, doing small minutes, playing a game, resting a game. I, I'm not willing to hold them for the entire season just to maybe get them in the last week of the fantasy playoffs for one game. It's just not worth it to me. I think you're going to need that spot beforehand, so I'm not going to bother. Are you bothering with either of these, these two players here, Cal?
1: Um, as you touched on, only probably only my second or last pick, um, second, last or last pick, just because, as you touched on, I, I'm probably more on the side that they're not going to play.
0: Yeah. So, I don't
1: think so if I get them, I'm probably expecting that. I'll store them in the IR spot. And then even, even if I my IR spot gets full, I might even just ditch them, depending on what news is out there. Yeah. Um, so I personally, that that's my point of view. I just don't think they're going to play.
0: The only reason you're drafting them is if you're drafting them, you've got no other injured players on your roster. You're drafting them with your last pick and just crossing your fingers that you're going to have a dream run where you've got no injuries throughout the entire season. Uh, and then maybe they can come into your fantasy playoffs. Which, look, if that happens, t- t- tip my hat to you. You 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 had the the fantasy gods on your side, and you had a, you had a very dream run because uh, most of the time that is not the case. Uh, the next guy we touched on a little bit earlier, T.J. Warren is out indefinitely, which is never a good word in fantasy basketball um, with a f- with a uh, a foot fracture. It's the same foot fracture that kept him out all I think except for four games last season. Um, so to me this is a red flag I I don't want anything to do with it this screams Jaron Jackson Jr. to me this screams a bit of a problematic injury Um, I'm not the biggest TJ Warren fan anyway he's missed a lot of basketball again last round pick I'd probably take him over a quiet Leonard or a Jamal Murray just because there's a bit more uncertainty about when he's going to return might return before those guys but I'm not super keen what are your thoughts? Yeah, me neither. And and I
1: kind of think that Karis Levert could even steal the starting lineup. Even when he comes back, you might find that TJ Warren ends up being a bit more of a six-man role. Yeah. Um, so he could have good games, yeah, but maybe the consistency won't quite be there. He'll also be battling minutes with um, the likes of Jeremy Lamb um, is still yeah. there. He's putting up pretty good numbers. So. Justin Holiday. Yep, Justin Holiday is a great 3 and D guy as well, can pretty much do it all.
0: Yeah, you've got Brichette. You've got uh, Chris Duarte. Duarte. Yeah, so they, they, they do have positions there, so they don't don't need to rush him back even when he is healthy. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not too enthused about TJ Warren. Let's talk about a couple of uh, fly guys that we might have been excited about, or I, I don't know if excited it's a very strong word, um, but James Wiseman won't be ready for the start of the season with his meniscus injury, which he did at the end of last season. That's a long, long time to be missing with a meniscus injury, um, depending... Uh, it, It could be the same injury. We've said we've referenced Jaron Jackson Jr. a lot this time, but that was the injury that he had and missed all that time with. So James Wiseman, I have to do a little bit more research, but it might be the same procedure that he got, which is a longer rehab time, but provides better long-term results. Um, So Jaron Jackson missed about nine to 10 months in total. I think this injury happened down the stretch last year in April or March even. So, I'm guessing he might be out till November maybe even December at this stage if my math is correct uh and with someone who was already a late round guy you're just not drafting him now
1: Yeah I agree you just don't draft him he was pretty much in and out of the waiver wire last season wasn't really worth owning and even then he didn't play many games 39 games he got injured he didn't play in summer league last season he didn't play in summer league this season it's getting to a point where the man hasn't played a lot of basketball. He didn't play college properly. He only played like a handful of games, so I don't know how much you can trust them on a Golden State team that are trying to win this year.
0: Yeah, it sucks for him. Like, uh, like as much as I don't like him as a basketball player, I don't necessarily think he's very good. You root for these guys to succeed, and I, and I want him to do well. I, like, I don't want him to you know go through this sort of stuff. So that, that it does suck. In terms of players that benefit. I am. I think Draymond Green gets a bump. He's going to be playing a lot of minutes at center, getting lots of those blocks, assists, rebounds, steals, all the good stuff. So I think he's going to continue basically what he did from last year, um, which down the stretch was huge, top thirty sort of level value. Um, so he's 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 someone who we might have left off our sleeper list there, Cal, because I think he's going to have another big year. Um, and I think Jordan Poole. We, we've sort of said I've said this before. I'm, I'm a big fan of Jordan Poole as a late round pick. We've got the news of Andrew Wiggins maybe missing half the season. Now, um, you know, James Wiseman's out, so we've got Draymond moving to the centre. Someone's got to fill in that power forward. Um, then someone's probably going to move up from the small forward, and that and just creates more minutes available for, for everyone in the lineup because everyone's going to be moving up or down a position, um, and I think Jordan Poole is going to be one of the few players on this team that can get a bucket, uh, hit some threes, score some points. Um, what, what are your thoughts? Do you think that's logical thinking, or am I just pulling at straws here?
1: Um, I totally agree. I think Jordan Poole is ready for a good season. I think he, he definitely is too pretty. He played really well in spurts. He won in some games with some buzzer beaters last season. I think they proved that um, Steve Kerr is giving a bit of faith, and the best thing in fantasy is minutes. Yes. So.
0: Yeah, and, and they're, they're praising him from all reports. He apparently is the, what, the hardest worker on the team and all these sort of things. So they're going to need some massive offense from him, especially early in the season if Wiggins, Wiseman, and Clay Thompson are all out of the lineup. Uh, let's move on to Patrick Williams. He's had a severe ankle sprain um, in practice. Um, they're saying he won't be ready for the start of the season. Severe ankle sprain is a, is a bit of a... Uh, look, it's not the most clear-cut diagnosis. Is it a syndesmosis, which is a high ankle sprain, or is it just like a grade 2 or grade 3? If it's a grade 3, he might require surgery. There's a, there's a wide range of outcomes here. Um, so if they're saying already he's not going to be ready for the start of the season, it's at least a grade 2 ankle sprain. We saw a a severe ankle sprain with Jama Rant last year, and he came back and didn't do as well post-injury, so again, someone who I'm not really keen on drafting. Who do you think starts instead of Patrick Williams? Um,
1: I think that Alex Caruso will slide into the starting lineup, would be my guess.
0: Yeah, I've I've heard that a lot. I have heard that a lot. Um, Do you think it impacts fantasy in any way at all, or is it is it just the four players that we're really drafting in fantasy from the, the Bulls?
1: Um, you might find that DeMar DeRozan gets a few more rebounds if they go with Caruso, just because That's he would forward. probably be locked into that yeah, power forwards position. Yeah,
0: yeah no fair point. He, he gets a small bump, I'd say. Um, I don't think... Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Patrick Williams Caruso. was... No, so no, Patrick Williams was taking too many shots anyway, so I don't think it leaves too much usage really there, but... Yeah, the rebounds is a good point if, if DeRozan is moving to power forward. Uh, let's talk about Dante DiVincenzo. Not too much to think about here. He's going to miss the first couple of weeks of the season with a foot ter- tendon surgery. He might have been a late-round guy that you were considering, get those steals, get those threes, but with this news, obviously, you're just not considering him. Grayson Allen might move into that starting lineup there. Might be a, a three streamer, but still probably not someone that's really worth drafting. So any anything really to touch on here with DiVincenzo?
1: Um, look, he could be a flyer for the last um, pick just because he can be like maybe in a punt points build. He can get you three. He, I mean, average three assists a game, which is okay as well. And he gets the, you know, about 1.2 steals. So he could be a, you know, last pick flyer, put him in your IL spot and grab someone else until he's back.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd personally try to just get as much value as you, as you can. If he gets drafted, then whatever. You don't, I don't think you miss out on too much if he's left on the waiver wire. I'd be trying to pick him up a bit closer to the time when he's back personally, but I'm uh, happy to go either way there. Uh, Thomas Bryant, he obviously the ACL. What do you think his timeline is? I think he's set to miss maybe the first couple of months, maybe Christmas, similar timeline to, to Clay Thompson. What, you, what are you doing with Thomas Bryant in drafts? Are you, are, are you drafting him in the last couple of rounds and seeing what happens, or, or what are your thoughts here?
1: I'm kind of staying away from Thomas Bryant, to be honest. Um, I feel like they got big... St- just to fill the minutes. Um, they got a lot of people in the Russell Westbrook trade. Uh, they have Gafford to give some more minutes to, who killed it last season and on a permanent basis. I feel like they will give him more minutes. So I just don't know how he fits in. He could be a bench guy after this. Um, we, we knew that he was pretty much only really an offensive stud to, to begin with. The defense wasn't quite there. Um, Gafford brings the defense. Maybe that's what they're well-suited to, to. They got Montrez Harrell as well, who they need to give minutes to. I, I just... I'm pretty hesitant. I just, um, I'm pretty off Thomas Bryan.
0: Yeah, me too. I don't, I don't think you should really bother. Maybe wait till close to see what happens. But yeah, like you said, a bit of a crowded center rotation. Let's rattle through these last few guards. I'll I'll, I'll go through all three of them. We've got Markel Fultz, who's likely to miss the first month of the season uh, with the ACL. Victor Oladipo, who's going to list at least the first month with his torn quad. And then Kobe White has got a shoulder injury. He's out for three or so weeks um, at the start of the season. Of these three players, uh, Markel Fultz is the one that I'm the most interested in. Um, Again, I'm probably going to be taking him in the last round of a lot of drafts if I'm in like a punt free throw, punt threes kind of build. Um, to get me those assists and steals, potential points. But again, he might be rested in the team that's not really going anywhere. Are you drafting any of these players in Ol- Oladipo, Fultz, or Kobe White?
1: Um, honestly, probably not. I don't really want any of them. Yeah, so I, I don't think Fultz. I think yeah, they're going to be really hesitant. The plan, uh, Magic are going nowhere, like you said. When they plan, yeah, it's going to be a staggered minutes. only makes sense if um, it's a punt three-point team. I think that's the only reason. Kobe White wasn't really super great fantasy-wise after he got cut to the bench last season, and I don't believe he's going to have a starting role. He will be a bench guy. So even there, missing a first month, I don't think he's worth the pick at all. Victor Oladipo has had mixed reports. He could be back as soon as, you know, December. He could be March. So I don't really know how it's going, which gets me pretty hesitant.
0: Yeah, and I think his his role, I I don't... Look, his role in the NBA really is up, up in question with that injury. It's been plaguing him for the last several seasons, so no interest in Oladipo. Um do you think Fultz starts next to Suggs or whoever's there? Like is he a starting guard once he's back in the lineup?
1: Um I think I think that leads him back into it. So they're playing off the bench initially, but I think towards the end of the season, um if he does look good, he could take that role from Cole Anthony. I would actually expect that to happen and then to play with Suggs.
0: Me too. I think it's Suggs and and um, Fultz, who are their starting guards uh, for most of the stretch of the season once he's uh, healthy. Alright, well that'll, that'll do it for today guys. Uh, thank you for listening. If you have any questions, as news comes up, make sure you leave comments down below. Give the video a thumbs up. We are also we, we're appreciating all the love we're getting on the YouTube channel. But if you haven't already, if you're a new subscriber... Um, go over to the Apple podcast version of the show and give us a five-star rating. It would be super appreciated. And until next time, catch you guys later. Laters.